0: So, I have the dubious challenge of looking through and and examining our calendar, and how do we proceed with the things that uh, are happening here and that we might need to speak to, and the idea of the hero series, and when do we start that? We have Mother's Day coming next week. You have a special privilege. Uh, One of our missionaries will be here uh, from Israel, Oded and Bimini Cohen. And many of you know them and what a unique and treasured opportunity it is to hear from these two incredibly godly saints. Uh, They will not just be doing a presentation about their work in Israel. They are also going to be in the nine o'clock hour. So come be part of that. That's where you can do a great Q&A time with them. And uh, they'll also be doing the sermon. Uh, my son hopefully graduates Saturday from college. All right? Talk to me Saturday evening. Um, yes, you can clap for us too. <laughs> no, I'm just, that was gratuitous. That was horrible. Uh, but uh, so Saturday, so uh, uh, we're going to be a little bit tied up next weekend, and then uh, I'm going to take uh my my princess away for a few days uh and and we'll do some recovery time so uh looking forward to that so with that and, and all the things that are happening you know mother's day is coming up after that and there's just so much that I thought today would be a good time to do a follow up coming up after Easter. We had a great services uh uh last week just a tremendous time and um but we weren't done with our foundation series. Uh, The elders and I had a great uh, repose slash emergency meeting in March, and now I get to reveal some of the secrets from that meeting, and as we get into that, you're going to hear that we had this foundation series topic planned all the way back in March, and yet here we are the weekend before May, and this is the first opportunity I've had to bring it to you i do believe in the sovereign will of god and what makes this so great that i get to preach this is very simple we were in a much different state in early march than we are today and all we did was do the responsible thing as the leaders of the church and sit and and come together and ask the lord show us what needs to happen and there's a wide palette of things that That came to the table, but the first thing, the first thing was to pray and trust God. If there is only one thing you get from this message today, it is that when you are in a time of, oh, what's a big theological word here? Stress! (laughs) When you are in a time of stress, please turn to the Lord. He will be there. He is your shepherd. He is your comfort. So we're going to have a little fun with this this morning. The topic is Foundation Series. The topic is worship through giving. And I'm very excited to bring the perspective, the biblical perspective, of what does this look like and how does this enhance our spiritual living? I'm actually going to start off with a point that... You business people out there probably understand, you Forbes people, you, uh, you marketplace people, right? If I were to ask you, what is Roy? What would you say? No. Or a great guy. <laughs> or a bad guy, depending on which Roy you know, right? Yes, and so I had this great discussion with my son before we sent him off to Christian college. Son, let me tell you what Forbes says about Roy on college by 2022. And you're good that you're going in in 2017. But by 2022, economists say the return on investment of college will no longer be worth it. Because of how expensive it is becoming. College was put in place that we might have a better what? Lifestyle, right? But now at this point individuals are having to work so deep into their 40s and for so many hours that they're saying measurably it's no longer worth it for all the debt you're having to go into this affects us in so many aspects does it not so what i want to do is we're going to spend about five to six minutes doing q a right because that's what we do for the foundation series i'm going to walk right back there and i'm going to get a clicker real quick and you can think of your question think Worship and giving, money, whatever it is. what is your question? You can ask anything. I won't, uh, you won't get a black market next to your name on the membership uh, scales, folks. You can ask anything. Come on, this is the mo- they say it's the most controversial subject that you can teach on, and you have no questions. Yes, yes, sir by giving, does that just give you a raise? <laughs> I certainly hope so. No, it does not. We have a budget, and we have a budget committee, and they determine in this budget committee in October. It depends. If you start increasing in October or September, maybe they would take that into account. Um, uh, no. No, they determine uh, the entire budget based off of... Prayerful consideration to what the giving was the previous year, salted with what the Spirit is leading us into, and that was very much a key component to how we arrived at our at our budgeted number this year. So no, that does not that does not affect. But would you like me? To, <laughs> no. Would you like me to take that a step further? We will be talking about that real briefly about tithes. Look, I'll, I'll be very honest. I'll probably be much more honest than most pastors. There are a lot of pastors that refuse to let their income be broadcast. Are you aware of that? I was told by multiple pastors in the free church, don't ever put your salary down on the budget. Um, There's reasons, there's pros and cons. How many of you want your your salary broadcasted to the world? Raise your hand. Some of you are like, I can do that because it already is. I work for the government. (laughs) Right? So, what, what, what is that? What is that? Well, that's pride, right? That's the American society. In our American society, we say, our money is incredibly what? Private. And that's part of the challenge that we have even within the church. So great question, Ron. I do accept gift cards though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what else? What other pertinent questions about this topic? We only have a few minutes. Yes, Samaya, what's your question? Why do people like pineapple? Because I love pineapple on pizza because God made pineapple and God made pizza. Actually, God made pineapple, man made pizza, and so it's a meeting of those two things coming together. I celebrate both. I believe in both. Does that answer your question? Thank you. Other, was there another hand that went up right here? Anna? Nancy, yes. Yeah, uh, should uh, borrow the money be used for tithing? Well, if you borrow it from me, no. <laughs> <laughs> I already tithe. <laughs> uh, great question, Nancy. Uh, no. We, we actually have electronic giving, and we do not allow credit cards. Because we believe that gets people into a heap of trouble, That is not honoring, that is not worshipful giving. There is no sacrifice when I give out of money that I haven't earned. Does that make sense? Okay, so great question, Nancy. Reverse, you know what, you're going to have to talk to a real estate person. You just, you lost, I was with you in reverse because that's usually my lifestyle. But um, when you got to mortgage, you lost me. We do accept debit cards. We encourage electronic check. If you're gonna do online giving, we encourage electronic check. And as you go to our website, go to the giving section and there's a big explanation about the pros and cons to online giving. Okay. Others. <coughs> when you give online and you push or yeah, push pay. Is there um is there some certain percentage they take or whatever? Yes, great question. Okay. Right. So, you know, you're using, a, you're using a service just like you pay fees like on your cable or your, your electric. You know, there's, there's the section we never like to look at, right? The regulatory fees, right? I didn't, I didn't use any of that. Well, but you're paying for people to handle all that. So in this process, the main reason we have online giving is, say, for instance, the marriage conference that's coming up. That you could pay for that through the marriage conference. And we have people, we have people last Sunday that were here from North Carolina that are going to be attending the marriage conference. They saw it and they paid through it online. And so this mechanism allows for us to do a lot of different things. Let me just share with you, I do my giving through online. Now you're all going to be like, there's some of you like, oh my goodness, pastor, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Here's what I do. I calculate out the difference. I think it's Don't quote me, because this was eight years ago we went over this. I think it's like 2% is the charge. So I include that so the church doesn't have to pay it. Okay? Now, some people think that's ridiculous. Like, why would you do that? That's not fiscally smart. Here's why, for me, it makes sense, which speaks exactly to our title. Because usually my wife writes the check, and for 28 years... There was no involvement for me other than just every once in a while asking my wife, um, "Hey, are are we still giving? <laughs> That'd be good." You know, that's not a worshipful focus, but by me doing it this way, it's just like my health care. I now do what's called a health share. I no longer do insurance. Instead, there's somebody that their name is given to me by a health share uh, group called Samaritan Ministries. It says what their name is, their fellow believers in Christ. This is based out of Romans 12 as to why I do this. And, and I, by the way, I'm not recommending this for everybody. It may not be everybody's thing. But I get to see what their illness is, what their request is. And when I write my check, my check goes directly towards paying their medical bills. All right, And not only that, I get to pray over their healing. I get to write them a card. And so all of that is facilitated automatically through this mechanism on computer. For me, with PushPay, I get a response on a monthly basis. And it reminds me of my giving. And then I pray over that giving. And that's just for me why that's worth it, because I want to be able to worship and pray over my giving and be reminded, because I have so many things and demands pulling me all over the place My history is I've lost track of those things. So I want to be more involved. And for me, that's the mechanism. But I compensate so the church doesn't pay for that. Good question. We have time for maybe two more questions. Ron, you cannot lift your hand because you already asked one. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Dale? You're silhouetted. Yes, it is. Okay, hi, Dale. Does giving have to be 10%? Ooh, does giving have to be 10%? No, it has to be 18%. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Here at Conquer Bible Church, it has to be 18%. Uh, no, uh, Dale, we're going to answer that. Every time you ask a question, I'm always like, you, you're tracking with where the sermon's going. We'll talk about that, but uh, that allows me to get to one more because you had such a great question. Yes, Sony, Can you use your tithe to giving to those in need? You to to those in need? Great question. It's in the sermon. So since I got two back-to-backs, I'm going to take that as a word that we should move into the sermon today. Let's look at worship through giving. First of all, again, our focus on our theme verse, our theme this year is build. And based off of this, uh, we see this idea that for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We want to build our spiritual foundation on Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And so as we look at this idea of worship through giving, we really want to focus on the idea of worship. That giving isn't to be done out of obligation, it's to be done out of worship. So what does that look like? I'm kind of dead here in my sins, but also with the clicker. Okay, here we go. An inexpressible gift can only be quantified by the receiver. Does that make sense? Paul, Paul, sorry I had a junior high moment, I'm really nervous about speaking about this. (laughs) Paul talks about at the end of the service, okay, i got to slow down, hang on a second. Paul talks about at the end of this section of Scripture, based off of the gift that's given by the church, he uses this phrase, an inexpressible gift. And the reason he does so is because he's the receiver. He's actually the conduit. He's taking an offering from one church to bless another church. And so, this is the primary passage of scripture you go to in the New Testament to get some direction on this. So, what is Roy? We already determined what Roy is return on investment. You know, we live in a time where we want to invest wisely. How many of you start breathing a little bit heavier? Your pulse goes to 102. When your 401k comes back and you are in the red, you're in the negative. Yeah, it's rhetorical. Thank you for not raising your hands. Many of us chart our retirements. Many of us chart what's happening fiscally. Many of us chart that stuff very carefully. Because we're what? We're invested in it. We're invested in it. My encouragement to you is there are... Levels of wisdom that are espoused, especially in this passage that our theme is in this year, in 1 Corinthians 3, that speak to understanding what a spiritual ROI is. What a spiritual investment is. So, are we going to talk about obligation or worship today? Are we going to talk about what is sacrifice today? Are we going to talk about the future of CBC today? It just depends on how fast we get through this. Question marks on all those, but that's what we have mapped out. So let's start with Roy. Return on investment something you believe will be rewarding. Why do you stay at the jobs that you do? Why do you purchase some of the things you purchase? Maybe one of the most pragmatic ways we can approach this is what kind of cell phone do you have and why did you choose that one how many of you are like well it was the free one it was the free one can i just help you here you go here's some roy advice nothing's free except grace and that cost was already paid amen okay so but when it comes to what we buy there ain't nothing free you're gonna pay for it somewhere they just make it more accessible how many of you have had that, didn't buy the insurance, and dropped your phone? And then your phone didn't work. And now you're on the hook for seven, eight 800 dollars for something that no longer works. How many of you own the very first cell phone you ever had? Well done, sir. Are you still using it? No, I collected. Oh, well, that's a completely different thing. Oh, my goodness. We're going to walk into Fernando's house and he's going to be filled with kittens, spoons, and cell phones. Okay, all right. So when we talk about return on investment, something you believe will be rewarding. Is it, are we tracking together on this? That that's what we spend our money on. Something that will be rewarding. And we can look at other people's expenses and we can say, why are you spending money on that? I would never spend money on that. I would never spend an extra $7 for an IMAX experience when I can go to the drive-in and watch it in the comfort of my own car with a crackly speaker. Right? There's a lot of subjectiveness in return on investment. Brothers and sisters, when it comes to spiritual worship, there is not. The beauty of this is the Lord has laid out a pattern of things that please Him. That show up the dedication, the extension of love from us to Him. Giving is one of those areas. And yet, the world has relegated it, and I dare say some of the church has relegated it into the church is just hungry for your money. I probably spent in an hour and a half this past uh, Week looking at a thread of stuff that I was researching for this message, and I just went through all the responses. About 280 of them. And it's very, very discouraging to see all the different focuses and attitudes that have been maligned on something that should be incredible, beautiful, and worshipful. But see, that's where sin gets in and divides and seeks to tear apart. This morning when you leave, what we want to cover is what is that return on your investment when you give with a worshipful heart? What constitutes spiritual Roy? Well, we're going to look at this verse right now and hopefully it will help you. 1 Corinthians 3.10-15 through 15. This is actually the entirety of the passage that we hold to as our theme this year. I usually just quote 10. I might get as deep as 11, but let's look at it all the way through 15. It says, According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. Does that sound like someone who's interested in investment? Reward? Long-lasting returns? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Paul's not wanting to do frivolous work. He wants to see a reward for the work done. And if he's going to turn that investment over to someone else, he wants to know that they're going to care for it the way that he cared for it. Let's keep on. It says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest. In other words it's going to be dealt with it's going to be examined on the day of the lord when we face when we go before the lord and and take the idea of the parable of the talents i gave you this what did you do with it this is what we're all facing when we go before the lord i gave you this what did you do with it now account and so it says what if if you're building a foundation with gold silver precious stones wood hay straw look each one's work is going to become manifest it's going to show for the day the day the day of the lord the judgment day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done if the work that anyone has built on the foundation who is the foundation jesus christ on the foundation survives he will receive a what a reward There's part of your return. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Those are some very important and deep words. And I don't have time to get into a a deeper teaching on all that's there, but for the sake of what we're looking at today, what I want you to glean is this. Is if we just invest in those things that are going to be what? Burned up, it's going to show on that day. Can I just share with you the greatest opportunity you have and where I encourage every believer to think is with a heavenly mindset. You and I have been given a race to run. Hebrews 12, okay? We've been given a race to run. This is the most unique time in our life. If we truly believe in what God has instituted in God's economy, and that there is a heaven and a hell, and that He created the earth, and that we are His workmanship, this is a grand experiment here on the blip of eternity. Are you tracking with me? If this is the experiment, we have been put on earth and he has instituted things, Ephesians 2, 2:10. Uh, he has given us things to do for his good work and his good will, uh, Philippians 2, I think 14, according to his pleasure. Guess what? Our race ends here. And then we move to what? Eternity. And at that point, I will have to account for this race. What did I do with this unique time, with the unique resources, with the talents that He gave me at this point in time? Did I use them for myself? Bad Roy. Right? When it comes to a spiritual Roy. Or did I invest in such a way that as I stand before Him, there will be results Resu- rows of results somebody invested this thought in my mind and it permeates my mind and my spiritual thinking that when I get before the Lord when I get to heaven I want to see endless rows of people because of the spiritual investment that I did with the time and the resources given here how many of you saw the, the crowds out on Beale Street in Nashville for the draft? Just went, you you couldn't find an end to it. Look it up on the internet. That's what I picture in heaven. That's what I desire in heaven. That's my roy. That is my worship. That is my spiritual effectiveness with the time I've been given here. And so it affects how will I spend what he has given me? Whether it's my gifts, my talents, my time, my energies, or my money. Will I do it in a worshipful focus to Him where there will be a reward? Not just for myself. It's it's going to be a reward for thousands, hundreds of thousands. And by the way, if you take that out exponentially, millions. Millions. You can turn to 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. That's where we're going to rest for most of the time. Let's move on out of Roy into obligation or worship. This speaks to your point, Dale. Is the tithe active and alive? Is it 10%? What is it? Well, when we look at this idea, we look in the Old Testament, the tithe was required. Some say that there were three tithes. This is some of the research I did. The Levitical tithe, the tithe of the feast, the tithe for the poor. There are people that dispute some of that. Some say that the third tithe there was the same as the first tithe, and on and on and on. And so I'll give you some scriptural references that you can write down. We don't have time to visit them, but really the tithe was instituted. There's two things that we see out of the Old Testament. Abraham, Jacob, before the law, gave to Melchizedek, right? The high priest. They gave not because it was commanded, they gave because they desired to. It was an act of worship. Now, what happens is God institutes the law for Israel to set them apart from other nations. And so, was the law obligation or was it free and open worship? It was obligation. If you're going to call yourself a God-fearing Jew, you have to do things this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. Obligation. What happened at the cross? The law was completed. That which was imperfect was made perfect. And now we have quote-unquote freedom through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ to approach the throne in a worshipful heart. That is our obligation as a believer, is to pursue that if we truly love Jesus. Now, He gives us the freedom to navigate that under the Scripture and under the power of the Holy Spirit. There are many things that people want to claim freedom on. Since you are here, I'll speak to this one. I'm too much of a coward to face any of those who are not here today. Church attendance. How many of you have heard, and you can raise your hand, I don't need to go to church to be a believer in Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I could probably be a better believer by not being at church. Can I just tell you that's the very person that needs to be in? That's what I'm going to do from now on when I hear it. And you don't want to see that, so silence your cell phones. Um Can I just tell you that person who holds that idea is the very one who needs to be in church and get some good teaching on what is the church? The church is not this meeting on Sunday. The church is us. We're the bride of Christ. And what I always ask an individual who wants to argue for that is simply this So the Spirit of God told you to separate from the rest of the body of Christ. Because if you're going to tell me that, you're lying. And now we have another thing to talk about. Amen? Okay. So, what we're establishing here is that in the Old Testament, there was obligation. And that was established when the law came along. For Israel, this is how you did this. You did it through grain offerings, through bulls, goats, sacrifice, food, things of such nature. There were other things that happened where there was the building of Solomon's temple, there was the building of the tabernacle, there was other things where people brought their gold, their silver, their resources on that level and dedicated that uh, for the worship of God. Now, was there worship that happened through that? Absolutely. Amen. But this was required. So how does that work? Well, we know that there was still worship there, but it was imperfect worship. I could get very much into routine and just let the priest take my offering and they do all the work, and then what? And then I just go home and and I'm covered, right? I'm covered. What we're talking about is the difference between the law and grace. How many of you want to live under the law? Any hands? Okay, I just wanted to check. All right, so financial committee, there went our leverage for giving okay (laughs) the law versus grace we live under grace because this is what christ has instituted amen you are under no obligation to follow christ but do you you do so if you do so you do so out of a heart for him to seek him this is called worship so in every aspect of what we do that is the foundation and that also follows into what do we do with our money how do we worship through giving we do so the way that christ demonstrated grace we do so as a response to how much we absorb how much we appreciate how much we venerate the love of christ in our life how many of you gift giving is your love language none of you great fantastic okay There went my point. Some of you are like, what is a love language? That's another, come to the marriage conference. (laughs) Worship is still of value to God. We may not be in the Old Testament law, temple worship system, but worship is very valuable to God. And what He has done is He's deconstructed the place where it happens, but He is desirous even more so That the individual, and now because of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ being that mediator between us and God, the veil has been torn, the law is no longer uh, the commanding voice, now the worshiper is able to worship in spirit and what? In truth. We can worship directly. And we see riddled throughout the New Testament, the Lord's desire for his worshipers, to worship him in spirit and in truth. So as we're establishing this, the tithe was a requirement, it was routine, it was calculated, it was specific, Dale, and the Lord changed those things. He actually opened it up. That's the best way I can explain it to you. Now, some people have said, oh, well, there's no longer a requirement for tithing, so I'm not going to do it. Well, fine. (laughs) You can go that direction. You have the freedom to go that direction. My question to you is, where is your worship towards the Lord in something that will create the need for sacrifice? Because that has not changed. God's view towards sacrifice being an extension of devotion and love towards Him, that has not changed. As a matter of fact, we know that because what did He do in order that He might purchase us for heaven? He did what? Sacrifice. So, we can kind of know God's love language. Can we not? It's through sacrifice. I will guarantee you, I can't guarantee this, but I'll give it a Jer guarantee, okay? I don't even know what that means, but you get the point. That one of the greatest sacrifices we will make has to do with our giving, our financial resources. That is where in America we feel it the most. Especially in the Bay Area, where it costs so much to live. Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) <laughs> that was a mumbly, discouraged amen. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, yeah. New Testament teaching is built on the heart of worship. Do we grab this? Are, are, we, are we there yet? That, that we're not sitting back here. Now, the tithe is mentioned in the New Testament. Hebrews 7.1 I will tell you that Hebrews 7.1 is speaking back towards uh, uh abraham and jacob and it's referencing because it's speaking to the mindset of the jew it's speaking to all of that where we have very specific teaching from paul that we're going to get to here in a minute about what the expectation is of the lord on the giver and it's very very different so i'm going to give you a very perfunctory answer right now do i believe that there is biblical evidence for the current church that we are to continue with the Old Testament tithe. No. Now you're like, I can go to lunch at Golden Corral. That's up to you. (laughs) I shouldn't have gone there. Just watching your reactions is just priceless. I was wondering how I was going to get this to not be super serious. You mentioned Golden Corral, and now I can move back into serious. But here is the serious point. While I'm telling you, as one who sees himself responsible for his teaching, that that is no longer a requirement, I am telling you that I think if God back here under the requirement wanted 10%, and all that that meant, you have to do a very deep study of what that means, and then He gave His only Son as a sacrifice? I don't see the Lord's desire in worship through giving being eradicated. I see sacrificial giving stepping up the game. I see a deeper devotion. Are we clear? Let's define that. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8. You can follow along. Up on the screen or in your Scriptures. And you can actually go back to chapter 8 if you want to do a more in-depth study. But for today, we're going to look at this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So, here's what I'm going to tell you. Y'all give half of what you make this year and Jesus will give you double back. Amen! But uh, yes, it sounds good, Julius. It sounds really good. And there are pastors that preach that. And they've used that as the emphasis point. I'm going to be real clear. For those that might be watching, for those that are here, that is not what that Scripture is talking about. That is an insidious, greedy approach by those who are not thinking about the Lord. They are thinking about building their own foundation. Be very clear and be very aware when you hear that, you should just walk away. You should walk away. Let me tell you what this means. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. That's it. Just understand that. What if the Lord got halfway into the sacrifice of the Son and said, you know, that's going to just be too much. I'm going to, Or only half of you are going to, you know... Or only a third of you are going to be able to... I'm only going to give enough that you know 100,000 of the rest of mankind should be able to... Because there are... Anyway. Let's keep going. We'll also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided where. In his mind, in his pocketbook, according to his uh, accountant as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under guilt or compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is where worship salts the whole idea of your giving and my giving. When I give, I want to give something that is appreciated. I want to give something that is valued. I want something that's Roy, if that makes any sense. Let's keep going. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in what? In every good work. This ascribes to the grace of God and how God sees His people. He wants us to do well. The challenge is that you and I would equate that, many people today would equate that with do well means where I live, the kind of vacations I can take, The cars I drive, what's in my bank account, the kind of clothes I wear, that's what it means to do well in our society. That is not the do well that God's speaking of. We have millions of people, brothers and sisters, that have all that part figured out, but are miserable spiritually. There is no return on investment spiritually. What God is talking about here is that you spiritually will thrive based off of how you worship. How you worship. What is sacrifice? Since we're talking about it so much, it means to give up. Not like, I give up, but you know, to give. Okay? Do we believe in what we do? Do we believe in what we invest in? I certainly hope so. How many of you have investments that you decided to jump into that you're sure are going to fail? You don't invest that way. You don't invest that way. Do you make the conne- excuse me, do you make the connection as to how you make it possible to sacrifice? In what way can you sacrifice? It's a choice to sacrifice is a choice. God made a choice to sacrifice his son. We have to make choices as to whether we will hold withhold our life from him, our families from him, our time or our money. It's a choice. Next. It's obviously an act of worship. It's obviously an act of worship. And so, as I'm able to give, I need to give with a cheerful heart. We've seen this, right? This is what God's expectation is. Does that say 10%? No, it means with a cheerful heart. Does a cheerful heart mean that there won't be any pain of sacrifice? No. For the joy set before Him, Christ endured the cross, scorning its shame. Does that help framework this idea for you? The giving with a cheerful heart doesn't mean that there won't be some kind of tension there. There should be tension there. Because this is an opportunity for me to deny myself in some way, some fashion. That is sacrifice. That is worship. Amen? Now whether that's money, whether that's time, whether that's resource, whatever it is. It's an act of love. You all have been in opportunities where you could have spent money on yourself, but you chose to what? You chose to spend money on someone else. Hopefully it wasn't out of guilt. Hopefully the reason you chose to spend money was because you loved that person or you were moved by love to do so. Think about in your giving, in your worship towards the Lord, would He say that you love Him? would He say that you love Him? Let me flip that to another angle. When you go out today, you all gather at Lazy Dog. Let's just overwhelm somebody. (laughs) Wouldn't that be hilarious? Let's all just go to Lazy Dog. Okay, It's on Luke. Luke's paying. Okay. That was not a prophetic word, brother. We all go to Lazy Dog and we sit down and it comes to the end of the mill and we have to pay our bill, what do we include? We include the tip. Now, have you ever not included a tip? If you didn't, it should be because you didn't love the what? Service. But if you had decent to really good, don't you see there's a sliding scale? Now, some of you are, are, are cheeseballers. Like, they're going to get 5% no matter what. That's just the way it's going to be. And I'm with you. I cheese ball it because I go to like, places now, that, that like an ice cream shop, and they ask you for a tip. You know, before you pay, you have to, you have to be guilted, right? How many of you go through that? I'm like, what? since when serving me ice cream do you get a tip? Sorry, some of you out there may be like, you work, you know, in these places, or you work in these places, and you're like, wow, Really? Sorry, this is just what was in, it's changing of times. It's, it's, you know, it's like going and getting a box of Girl Scout cookies and and you, you know, you give them the money for the product and then they're like, where's the tip? And I'm like, what do you mean a tip? Right? So I, I get it. I struggle there a little bit too, but I want you to tap into that idea when you really got good service. Have you ever gotten really good service so much that you were motivated? Like you even started to write out something or give a little and then you're like, no. And you maybe went back to the table and you said, that person deserves more. Do you now understand this concept of worshiping through an act of love in our financial to the Lord? Okay, I'm out of time. It's a demonstration of our priorities When we include the discipline and act of love through worship in our giving. So where do I give? Sony, your question. All right? Where do I give? Well, you have choices. If you are a member here, you signed up, you gave us your bank account, and we have automatic withdrawal to your bank account. (laughs) So that one's off the board. No, that is not what happens here. But what we do say is that if you're a member here, then you are committed. You said, I'm committed to being part of this church family. And part of that is, we don't have to have all this. We don't. We can meet in 10 different houses across the valley. But as long as we choose to have this, we have to pay for it. So, membership, this is part of our responsibility, is that members, we have said we want to be here. We see ourselves as the family here. If you're not part of that membership, we have a special running over the next month. No, you, you just come talk with us and, and you can be part of that. That also doesn't mean that if you're not a member, you don't you, you don't, you know, don't ever give to support the local church. Look, the reality is, is that for us to be able to do what we do here, that requires money. But I also tell you that there are many things that this church does that is a great spiritual ROI. That when you give to this church, sure, some of it's paying for the, you know, the projectors, the, electro, the cleaning the carpets, our janitorial crew, and, and we can go on and on. And I don't think that's too hard to get our heads wrapped around. Um, another big portion is what, what my friend dubiously brought up, and, and very well brought up is that you're paying for staff. You're paying to support your pastor and our uh, directors of children's ministry and our office manager. Now we don't have to go that direction. But if we have said that this is where we're going, then we need to give to support this. Giving in the, in the Christian evangelical church has dropped to 2.3% per person that says they tithe. It's going down, it's going down, it's going down. Three years ago it was at 3.3%. Brothers and sisters, uh, I will share with you at the end here where we were a few months ago that we're going to have to make some choices because we've been blessed with an incredible property, but 150 people being able to pay for this is really challenging. And and the more that we have 10 families paying for 80%, what happens when those individuals retire or have to move away, which is what we faced a year ago, two years ago, is 18 families moving away out of state or, or some moving residences up to heaven. Right? And so it's harder and harder for those under the age of 50 because they're burning the candle at both ends. So there are things and resources that we're going to give recommendations at the end here to help those get to a point where we can be able to give what we can give with a cheerful heart. Okay? So where do I give? So members, I would just encourage you, if we're going to keep this, give to the local church first. Um, We give here primarily, all right? Deacon's Fund, Deacon's Fund helps reach out and take care of people who have needs, financial needs, financial difficulties. Um, And it's, we start with those in the church. So if you ever have a financial need, come talk to Bruce, come talk to Lyndon. Um, And all of that is confidential, all right? And uh, we have um, a, a nice size fund there where we can help people. There's also a process. Uh, there's, there's not a continual keeping going, bait it isn't your salary, okay? Um, it is there to help in, in moments of emergency and crisis. And it's done as a spiritual act. You can give to the deacon's fund through the envelopes that are in the chairs behind. That's kind of like the model that was in the Old Testament, that there were things that were a specific offering or sacrifice that was given towards those who were in need. Widows and, and transients and, and those that... Um, just were in need. Um, Ministries, different ministries, uh, our youth ministries, going to camp. You heard that five of our students went to winter camp and came back with the love of Christ in their hearts. One of the deepest investments you can make. Some of those students were scholarship because they can't afford to go to camp. Now, will that happen every time? No, but those moments are invaluable. Those moments the Lord uses in a deep and refreshing way. And the supplies and the resources to get the kids back and forth, it it goes towards that. Our children's ministries. You're going to hear about VBS. And we have a meeting today after church for VBS. And we saw multiple children come to the Lord last year through VBS. But also just the spiritual investment, the spiritual encouragement. And so there's different ministries that you can support here, but also outside of here. My wife and I uh, raised our kids in giving towards uh, World Vision and supporting a child through World Vision. Uh, We support a couple missionaries. I personally give towards options for women as well. And then there's times where uh, we have taken gift cards and we carry gift cards around with us or we carry food in, in, in bags in our car that when we come across someone who's in need, we're prepared and we've already, we've taken some of our own resources and we've made those available for those who are in need and we can pass those things out. So there's a myriad of different ways or choices that you have that you can give. All of it, Sony, is an honor to God. All of that is a worshipful focus to God. And that that covered personal generosity as well. Let me finish up today with this idea. What is sacrifice? It's to give up. It's a choice. Wait, this seems redundant. Well, maybe you needed to hear it twice. Uh, The future of CBC. So I shared with you... The the elders, we met in an emergency meeting back in March. The reason was we were one month away, one bad month, which we'd had three of those in the past year and a half. One bad month away from, and my recommendation was this, that I go part-time and I go get a a second job. That's how close we got. Um, Why did we get there? Twofold. One, not that it surprised any of us, because we've been looking at this and seeing this trend happening. Brothers and sisters, churches are, are slowing down all over. And if you don't think that's magnified tenfold in the Bay Area, what's really big out there that I'm hearing about, I'm reading about, that's being preached at conferences is that mega churches are going to start folding. Because the overhead to run a mega church is so huge um, that they're now in a process. We just. The church that's gonna host my son's graduation had to merge with another megachurch because they couldn't pay their mortgages. They have to rent out their facility for concerts just to be able to pay for the facility. It's getting more and more challenging, more and more difficult to do it the way we've been doing it. The question is, what can we do here? So we sat down and we structured out a plan and you're gonna hear about that plan over the next couple weeks. The crazy, wonderful, exciting news is God has us on a trajectory. It is. There is no doubt to the trajectory. Even the past couple weeks have shown reinforcements of that trajectory of what He is doing here. Now, part of it is just the world we live in. Okay? The other part is And this is what the elders, when we gathered together, was, Pastor Jeremy, you don't teach enough about giving. And if you don't teach about giving, then we're going to fire you. No, they didn't say any of that. But they did say, maybe it would be healthy for us to talk about giving under your foundation series. Well, the way that things played out with the baptismal service, then Easter, I didn't have time to do that. And we were able to come before you at the first quarter meeting and tell you that just through prayer, God answered our needs. We are now above budget for the year. We were 8,000 below budget as of February. So God does a work. Now, the question for us is are we attentive towards standing before Him with those sacrifices as a choice? And are we giving to something that we see as a good Roy? I hope that what what your leadership here does and the presence of God here and seeing what we are, are trying to do in your minds, that that is a good spiritual Roy. And this is a worthwhile investment. But the key thing for you and I to do is to make sure that that gift, whatever it is, that it is coming from a cheerful heart that wants to give out of love and devotion and worship to God. Amen. Amen. All right, so Jay's giving 25 percent, he already told me. this is very exciting. It's a continuation of our vision. It's a full utilization of this campus. This is a resource that we have, and we don't want to underutilize it. We need to start a building campaign because we are hopefully within a couple weeks of inheriting. Why are you chuckling, Brad? (laughs) We are within a couple weeks of inheriting these two modulars, which expands our opportunity for ministry on a huge level. Baptism Sunday was Palm Sunday. Cindy, how many kids did you have in your three, fours, and fives class? I have 19 children. 19 children in one class. Yeah, I, I, I'm not even interested in clapping for the children. I'm like, survival. <laughs> way to survive, Cindy. And her, brother, or her brothers, her sons, um, Austin Devin, really helped out with that class as well. Cindy, could you have done that in ministry room one? No. There's no way. So, do you see how God is confirming? He has us on a trajectory. And so He has provided the opportunity for these. We need to start a building campaign so that we can turn these over and they can be top of the line they haven't been worked on in 28 years folks they're going to need some work but can i just tell you it would cost us at least a hundred thousand maybe two hundred thousand dollars to get what we're going to receive for four thousand dollars. and there's no guarantees that the county would ever sign off on us bringing something else on this property this is a godsend now, it may be breaking down, but it's a godsend. So we're going to need to start a building campaign to fix these things. Uh, and there's many other things. We'll, we'll share with you about that coming up. My prayer my hope is that we're at 500000 on budget. We're at 300000 right now by the end of, of what did I say, 2021. Or by 2021. Boy, that just sucked the air right out of the room, didn't it? Is that going to happen through this group? I don't know. I've I've heard of things like that happening. But we also know that the greater thing going on here is that this group isn't representative of our church in the fall. That what we had last Sunday and the previous Sunday is more and more and more representative of this church by fall. That if we're going to keep this property and be good stewards of what God has given us, We're going to have to grow. And in that growth, we'll see those numbers. All right? According to the Lord. Let me just tell you I I serve on the board for options for women. And we have a special called meeting tomorrow night. Um, I can't say what the actual thing is because we haven't entertained it, but we received a calling this past week for a sizable gift out of nowhere. This happened at my last church to the tune of $250,000 by an inheritance. And so, who knows what the Lord can do? There are much more difficult things than money. The exciting thing is what we see today. What we see is a spiritual act of worship today up on this stage and out amongst us. My encouragement to you in closing is, and here's some resources, you can give on, on Sunday morning to help support the ministry here. Um, you can do it through electronic giving, push pay, read the principles. Treasure principle on Right Now Media. If you're part, here's your return on investment, brothers and sisters. By being part of this church, you get an access code to what's called Right Now Media, which has thousands of studies and video studies that can help carry you, encourage you, lead you, build in you. Great spiritual encouragement. There's one on right now media that's called the Treasure Principle. I highly recommend it. it. Won't cost you a dime. Just get the access code this week, call in, and then start watching it, and it'll help build in some of these deeper principles. I don't have time to get to necessarily. Uh, if you're struggling, because living in this Bay Area is really hard, I encourage you. If you haven't done a, a financial counseling situation like Dave Ramsey or Crown Ministries, do it. The other thing is if you are struggling, talk to our deacons. If we can help in a temporary way, we would love to. If you can help the deacons fund, pick up one of those envelopes and you can contribute that way. In closing today, let me pray. This is foundational to building into our lives the idea of worship and not withholding. It is a choice, without a doubt. Um, And so I'm excited about what you're about to hear. Uh, We have one of our most precious people that's going to share with you uh, briefly her story and and a build testimony um, in just a moment. But let's pray that the Lord would take what was part of our study this morning and make it rich in informing our lives and our hearts and our souls. Let's pray. Father, as we... Look at the foundational understanding of what it means to worship through giving. We know that this is a a challenging subject, a challenging area, but I also know, Father, that in my own life, the more I practice this, the more that I, I have done my spiritual Roy. there is a great sense of dependency on You, number one. Number two, the satisfaction of knowing that I have worshipped You through what You have given Me. And that there's a freedom in giving to You. Let that be a spiritual discipline in our lives. Just like feeding from Your Word. Just like giving praise. Just like prayer. Just like encouraging one another. Taking care of the needy. And so on and so on. Speak to our hearts. Change our thinking if it needs changing. Encourage us if we are walking in this pathway. And give each person great joy in this area, Father. That it would not be under compulsion. To You be all glory. Amen.